You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Kinney Show. I'm excited to be here today and I'm excited to have a dear friend and my favorite yoga teacher in the entire world, Elizabeth Skolan. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a fun chat today about yoga, community, women's health, the importance of ceremony and how this all ties into health. So thank you so much for joining me. Do you want to give me, just give everyone a little bit of introduction to yourself and how you came to yoga? I would love to. Well, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. So I guess I found yoga, you know, I won't say that it's like an earth shattering story. I think it's the way that most of us come to it, but there's a reason why we come to it this way. I had been working kind of a hellacious, hellaciously busy job for probably about seven or eight years. And I loved what I did. I was doing like merchandising and display for urban outfitters, but it was like, 70 to 80 hour work weeks and long commutes. And I was feeling like I didn't really know how to manage my stress very well. And I was talking to my mom on the phone one night and she mentioned that what had helped her was the practice of yoga. And she had taken yoga classes all the way back in her college days, carried around this little paperback book that was called like women's yoga. And she just did, you know, about 10 to 15 postures every morning by herself and it just made all the difference in the world for her. So my my boyfriend at the time, he heard me talking about this and coming and hawing. And he finally got me like an introductory deal at a yoga studio up the street from where we lived in LA. And after that first class, I remember, first of all, it felt like the biggest accomplishment in the world. And then when I left class... I felt like I could see things better. I felt six inches taller. I felt like I could breathe and I felt like I could smile for the first time and I didn't even know how long. So it was pretty much immediately a love affair. We balanced on our hands and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know, we did this pose called crow pose where your knees are on the backs of your arms and and then it just kind of kept slowly deepening over the years when I finally decided to get certified probably didn't have any business with it. I couldn't do a a proper chaturanga for the life of me, but I decided to leave the career in retail and just dove in headfirst to this 200 hour training. And I've never looked back. I've been teaching slowly, but surely incrementally towards full time for the past decade. And it's been the greatest love affair. Yeah. And if any of you are listening who have taken Elizabeth's classes, you'll know that her classes are amazing and you do a really good job of tying in the physical and the emotional piece. Because that's what you mentioned, like when you first took that class, that you walked out and you smiled and you felt such a change in not only your physical body, but your emotional body, which I think is why the yoga practice can be so beneficial if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, or any sort of hormonal disruption, or you're having really bad PMS. The practice of yoga can be really profound for people. I know when I'm in a bad mood going to a yoga class, it's, I leave there feeling a different person. It's the best. 
it's the best thing. It's the best practice. I mean, all forms of exercise will do that to some extent, but there's something special about yoga. And I think it's after you've been practicing it for a while, it's coming back. It, it is a little bit of a small ceremony that you do with your body and the mat. It's so true. I think the beauty of it is that oftentimes we get in the door because we've seen somebody who's just got the greatest butt in the world or their their shoulders are amazing. And you ask them how their body turned the way that it is. And they say, oh, it's, it's yoga. But most of the time when you talk to those people, they'll say, maybe that's what got me in the door. But the thing that kept me coming back is the way that I feel. And so it's kind of this magical and transformational practice that the key component being this connection between your body your breath, what's happening emotionally, and then also what's happening as a community, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you can speak to that too, Erin, you know, that there's so many different styles of yoga, but for most of us who keep coming back to a studio, it's all about what we get to experience when we're in community with other people who may be having a completely different journey than we're having. And yet we're there to support each other. We're there to breathe together. And, and so Every time you leave the yoga room, you're leaving with a slightly different experience because it was different people, because it was different postures, because it was a different teacher. So it's uh, it's pretty special. Yeah. And I think that element of community is increasingly more important given the year that we've all just been through, where we've been feeling such a lack of, you know, and a lot of studios are back in person, but I think it was really tough for those first few months when we we're all locked out and Zoom yoga, you know, having a private yoga practice in your, can be a special, a very beautiful thing. If you've done yoga for a long time, doing it, practicing on your, in your own can be great, but the element of community does add an extra benefit because we are, as humans, we want to be in community. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. Being in relationship is what we're meant to do here. It's true. I think it is, it's inherently part of the human experience. And I will say we just got back from a trip to Mexico and had a retreat. It was such a reprieve because we were able to social distance and be outside that everybody's masks were off. And there were students who've been new to me since the pandemic. I saw their mouth for the first time, Erin. I saw their smiles and oh my God, it's so good to see people's teeth and their smiles and to feel like you understand and know them in a different way. So it was, it was pretty awesome too. Who knew a year ago that it was going to feel like, I don't know, like something really special special to get to see somebody's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right? What well, is weird. I've been noticing it in my patients that come in office. I, some of them knew I don't see, I only see their eyes and above. It's like, you almost don't, I've been having people come and bring in their driver's license. I'm like, can I actually see a picture of you? So I know what you look like. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a strange thing, but in, I'm sure it's wonderful for you to see as a teacher, to see the smile on their faces when they do get to a certain pose. That's the other beautiful thing about yoga is it's always a process and you're always working on certain poses and opening up your body in different ways. And when you do even make a small accomplishment like oh my hip you know my hip opened today or I got I held this pose forever long it's such a you feel such a sense of accomplishment it's really true and I think that's the other thing about this of course I could speak about yoga until the cows came home so this is my idea of like the perfect afternoon but I think the fact that you're never you can't really ever, there's never a quote unquote mastering of yoga. It's like every time you gain something, you incrementally move towards something maybe physically, it opens you up to an experience of something maybe emotionally or spiritually that, you know, that it just feels like it's this 
rabbit hole that you get to keep kind of falling down and there's no one way to go through this experience. So it's, it's a pleasure to be a person on this path, kind of doing the thing. And then also to facilitate other people, maybe having some experiences that it's like, I may not know all of the answers, but it's like, I've been doing it long enough to say that this may help you open up a new door or Mm -hmm. uh, experience something different. It's pretty cool. But I think that's nice about, you know, again, when you're going to a community or being guided by a really talented teacher, you're going to, they're going to say, Hey, I've seen other people in your situation and they can't open this or they can't, let me offer you a modification. Let me offer you this. Or I was just going to bring up, you know, the, my favorite reason to recommend yoga to my patients is because I love it as a form of exercise where it's training the nervous system to be in both sympathetic, you know, you're activating fight flight because you're whole, you know, it's yoga's hard. It is no joke. Right. It's not an easy practice of exercise, but you're doing breath work at the same time. So you're balancing the nervous system out. And so, which is a beautiful practice because if you go for a run, you're in full-blown fight flight. There is no activation of the parasympathetic nervous system at whatsoever. But in a yoga class, you're going to, it's like going through regular life and you're going to teach the body, Hey, you know, we are activating all the muscles and there's some fight flight, but we're also, we're getting blood flow into the abdominal organs. We're getting, we're activating digestion. We're turning on all of the healing properties of the body, which is such a beautiful way to practice exercise. But the other thing I was going to note is that when we're stretching, we're activating and we're, we're working on the fascia. And I know you teach some fascia classes and fascia is where our body stores emotions. It stores trauma. It stores all the crap, if you will, that are, and that, you know, if you get stuck in a certain position and you go through a stressful time, your, your cells are going to hold on to this memory. So when you go through these periods of opening the body up, you're going to release some of that whatever that icky stuff is in in your body that you need. And maybe you've worked on it mentally through therapy or, and this is, I see this, and I'm sure you see this when you're teaching a lot, you know, I'll get patients that come in and they're like, I've been to therapy, this traumatic thing that happened to me. I don't, I'm not upset about it in a mental capacity, but they're still holding on to something in their body. And so any sort of body work is going to help get that out in a physical way, which can be just, it can be amazing in terms of a healing practice or healing journey. It's so interesting because, you know, there can be languaging in yoga classes. We can sound, I call it woo-woo. I don't know if anybody else has heard that phrase before, you know, getting a little- I use that term a lot. It's a great term. Okay, Okay, great. Yeah. So, you know, we may use some woo-woo language around what you just described, but the science is really behind it that- we store trauma and we hear the word trauma. And I think sometimes we assume that that has to be like a huge, terrible life event, but being in a car accident can cause trauma. You know, having a really terrible argument with a a close and dear loved one can cause trauma. So all of us have traumas to different levels that we may or may not have some piece of it still living in our bodies. And like you mentioned, you know, when we work with, and it's interesting because I feel like we're just starting to understand the importance of trauma. I mean, of, of fascia, you know, when I did my last training on it, they talked about how it wasn't that long ago that when doctors were doing their trainings, they would do a dissection and that first the layer, they'd be like, and you just kind of remove this and throw this away as if it was kind of no big deal. And now we know, like you mentioned, that it's, you know, it's a place where there's emotional intelligence stored in the body and that it's a system of communication. And, and so it's kind of cool to be on the precipice of maybe what yogis have known intuitively for a long time, we're now starting to actually scientifically prove it's awesome. I always get chills whenever I talk about fat. I remember when I took teacher training, learning about a lot of the science behind fascia, because a lot of it, 
when I was in med school, there was a little bit known, but not much. We understood fascia when we were dissecting, but there was, I didn't get a lot of training on it then. I've gotten more sense. And I, when my yoga training, I was like, wow, this, there's really something, there's something to fascia. I mean, it's basically a super highway that connects everything. You know, your toe is connected to your elbow. And so I sometimes get patients come in and they're like, yeah, you know, I've got this weird thing on my foot and I have this shoulder pain and I just know they're connected, but all my doctors have told me, oh, they're totally unrelated. But then when you right. go and you actually look at someone's alignment and you break it down, they are connected and they're connected through the fascial system. So it's a very cool. And I think that's one of the reasons why yoga can be so beneficial for people on a physical level is because it's affecting that. And I've certainly had experiences where I've done a very deep, you know, sitting in pigeon pose and I've released something and I just all of a sudden I'm crying. Like, why am I crying? But it's the release of an emotion. And I'm sure yeah. I know that, that happens. I've, I've been in your classes before where someone, you know, it's like something clicks and they have an emotional release, but that's, it's a good thing. It's getting that right. out of your body. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, it can be a little unsettling at the times if you're not expecting it, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think, I think if you frame it the right way and just allowing students to have the the knowledge that this means it's moving through you and you don't have to attach to it too much. It's like, leave it here, leave it in the space and hopefully it'll make space for, you know, your system to recalibrate. Yeah. And make space to, to ensure, cause I, I really believe that when emotions are trapped in the body, that's what turn, it can turn into chronic health conditions. So if things are not moving and like China, you know, I think all of the ancient, you know, yogis, Chinese medicine practitioners, you know, acupuncture, when they worked with chi, they realized, you know, if someone has a stagnant emotion, it's just the same thing as stagnant blood or stagnant liver chi or whatever, you know, a physical it's the same, the physical or and the emotional. If it doesn't move, it's going to cause a problem. So we all, we constantly want things to be moving through the body. And yeah, there's so much to, there's so much to love about yoga. Oh my gosh, man. I feel, you know, even after 15, 20 years, I don't even remember how long I've been practicing at this point, but I feel like such a new, the more I know, the, the more I realize that I really know nothing, that this is yeah. just going to be a life's journey, but that's an exciting thing. It means that we're never done. Yeah, it's very true. I feel like I'm always like, oh, I've gotten to this pose and then, oh wait, there's another pose you can do from that. Like there's another, yeah. <laughs> there's another arm balance that you can try from that. My actually, my first real experience with yoga was when I was in college and I was an insane runner at the time. I was training for marathons and I was so tight. I needed to take a stretching class. I needed to do some sort of stretching. And I found this studio and they were, it was a crazy arm balance. It was actually very much, it was in Nashville. It's very much like the studio where, where I practice now, really good intense classes. But I remember seeing this teacher do, I think he did TT Basana. And I just was like, Oh my God, that is amazing. <laughs> and it was like, it was so physical at the time I was so obsessed with a physical, you know, I wanted something that was physically hard and I found it there. And I did that for a few years and then I got, had kids and I didn't come back to yoga until after having children. And, and that was when it, like the emotional part became so profound. And I think everyone has a story of how yoga gets, it hooks them in. And then they're like, Oh wait, I'm here because I look good physically, but also I feel so good. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. And there's something too, I mean, going back to the piece about community, I see it all the time in a class where 
people, there's a carrying of each other that happens. Mm -hmm. And, and and I don't even know if people necessarily realize it because you feel like you're kind of in your own little world. It's kind of like the way people are when they're in cars where you're like, no one can see me. I'm over here doing my own thing, which is, you know, which is essentially true. But at the same time, it's like that moment that you're really struggling, you hear somebody else's breath that's next to you. And it, it brings you back to the cadence of your own breath, or the teacher sees something that you're doing and gives you that little bit of extra encouragement. And so you can really show up for yourself in a different way. So I, yeah. you know, well, I'm, yeah, I'm I think, a big believer in that. Yeah, that having other people around, it's really nice. And you just got back from running a retreat. Liz and I are actually going to run a retreat in the fall, which I'm really excited about for a women's I'm retreat. I'm so stoked. And we'll have more details when this airs. You guys can, we'll have places for you to look for those details. But yeah, of getting, bringing women together and celebrating the connection that, you know, women as a tribe, which again, after this past year, I think it's been hard to find the space to do that, especially if you're a mom or if you're working and you're, you know, you're stuck on Zoom all the time. It's been a tricky time to navigate and important, yeah, to, you know, important to find your tribe. Yes. And, you know, we're so... And, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's amazing. I think it's always important to recognize, like we've kind of demonized technology. It's really amazing. The fact that I can be looking at you right now on Zoom and have a conversation and actually make eye contact is pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm certainly by no means saying that it's been all bad, but, you know, on the other side of it, there's this disconnection with nature as well. You know, like we're stuck inside, we're, you know, we're in front of our screens so often. And I think all of us are like just now starting to like open our eyes and blink a little bit and come back into the sunshine. And that has been on my mind a lot lately with the way that I'm sequencing classes. You know, Sarah Cates and I are actually getting ready to lead this full moon sound bath and yoga practice on the 26th on a farm that one of our students owns. And again, I'm just so excited to see people be able to put this practice into nature because really at the end of the day if we're looking at the you know and this is again a little deep dive into the woo-woo but you know the the yogic philosophy really believes that we are we're like a little microcosm of what the universe is and so the truth of the matter is we we have all of the elements within each of us we've got earth we've got water we've got fire we've got wind and so to practice in nature connects us to you know from the small of universe to the the bigger universe so those opportunities coming up like you said I'm super excited to be doing a retreat in the near future hopefully this is like a little a little, yeah, a little teaser of, yeah. yeah a little teaser that you know those of you who, ladies especially who are ready to get back outside and kind of wild out your spirits a little bit you'll yeah. have a chance to do that hopefully in September yeah connect with other women and I, you're right connecting with nature and that, I love the full moon connecting with that especially as women our cycles are typically tied with the moon cycles and you may I, haven't ta- I don't think I've done an episode on this I will do it at some point but you know a lot of us if you start to really look at your cycle and the moon cycle you might notice hey I ovulate on the full moon every month or maybe you ovulate on the new moon every month but usually there's a you're going to have a cyclical pattern that is kind of going with the moon cycle or you may notice like the last the April full moon was a, a super moon so the moon was very very close to us and typically when that happens you'll tend to retain more fluid. I know all my patients that week were like, I'm so bloated. My hand, my, did you have that happen? I was, Oh, I had that happen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's interesting. Some people are more susceptible to it, but I find 
that women who aren't on a lot of medications, like if you're not on the birth control pill and your cycle does go with the moon, you te- you may notice like when the moon is full that you might have trouble getting your rings on and off or you, your pants might feel just a little bit tighter or you might feel a little bloated. It's because it's affecting your water balance. I mean, the moon, it shifts the tides, it, it affects the water. So it's gonna affect the water in our body. So we have a huge connection with, know with the planets and the moon and i mean everything that happens kind of in that macrocosm that it's affecting our little microcosm which is so it's important to have a to kind of understand your body as it relates to that which i think yoga does an excellent job of doing that oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean especially when you start diving into you know this is a conversation for a whole nother day but that sister science of ayurveda they really talk a lot about the you know the importance of clocking your cycles and paying attention to where they relate to the moon. And the more you pay attention to it, it actually kind of gets you on cycle with yes. the moon. I've just kind of started paying attention to it this year and it makes you a lot more regular, which is, which oh. is nice. You get a moon calendar yep. and just start marking when you're having your period. And, and eventually it really does start to kind of get yeah. a little bit more in sync. Yeah. And when I, I had a conversation, a friend of mine, she's a practitioner in Australia. And we, we had, a, this was a couple of years ago, we were talking just a lot about the women that we were seeing and and she had noticed in her practice that her women, when they were really, really fatigued and or anemic, they would get their period on the full moon because the full moon would actually give them energy. But then when when their energy was a little bit more balanced out, they would actually start bleeding with the new moon because neither there's neither one's not wrong or better or worse, you know, it's, but, but typically, typically you're either ovulating on the full moon and bleeding on the new moon or vice versa, bleeding on the full moon and ovulating on the new moon. If you have a 28 day cycle, but I think when your energy levels are tapped and your body needs energy, you'll bleed on the full moon first. And so, and then when you're, when, and I notice that in my body, when I'm kind of tapped out, I'm like, Oh, yep. I've switched back. And sometimes that's why your cycles will be a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. Cause you're trying to resync up with the moon. Which is, oh my I, gosh. You bring up, that's such a good point. I've been, you know, trying to hammer it home to myself lately. And it's really the message in yoga practice. And clearly it's a message that you're giving to people that sometimes if we look at, you know, we can get so kind of hung up on this idea of like, there's something wrong with me because my cycle is lasting too long or too mm-hmm. short. And yet really your body is this incredible piece of equipment and art and it it's trying to regulate it's really always working to the best of its ability in your favor and you know kind of having that mentality and that ease with yourself can do to do wonders to relieve stress and yeah um, you know it's the message that we try to send in in yoga practices you know is that whatever the posture looks like for you today is exactly what it needs to look like that it doesn't have to you know mirror the image on a magazine that when we give you cues all we're really looking to do is help you to kind of plug in to a circuit of energy mm-hmm. and that that circuit of energy is going to feed you in the way that it's necessary for you on this particular day yeah and you said it perfectly that our body is always trying to, it's always looking out for you it's always trying to do what it needs to do to get you back into balance. And sometimes that doesn't feel great to us. We think, wait, I don't feel good. I've got heartburn, but your body, it's like, you know, this is a good example. You typically heartburn, you ate something that your body didn't like. So it's trying to kick it back up. You know, typically when you have a symptom, it's your body just reacting and trying to reestablish harmony. But yeah, with, with cycles, with anything. So Anyways, we could go off on we could go off on a million tangents. Yeah. <laughs> awesome conversation. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for being here. And look out for details about our retreat coming up. And if people are interested in following you, finding you, where's the best place for them to find you? 
Right now, just start on Instagram. My handle is at Elizabeth Scalin Yoga. Awesome. So go check her out, follow her, and look out for more things to come. And thank you so much for being here. And I will hopefully see you soon in class. All right. Thanks, Erin. All right. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to connect with me over on Facebook at Dr. Kinney MD and Instagram at Dr. Kinney to find more helpful tips and information. As always, you can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at DrAaronKinney.com backslash podcast. See you next week.